Hello, hello. Welcome back to My Big Sisters Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Kay. Hello, everybody. This week, we're going to talk about friendships. But before we do that, I want to do hot topics. And let's do a drink check. I have, um, okay, today I have iced coffee, but it's really and iced. Okay, it's half of an iced double espresso because I ordered an iced double espresso yesterday and didn't finish it. So today I mixed it with a Starbucks, the dark roast, which they changed the bottles, by the way. Did you see that? I had to, I had ordered an Instacart for my bowl and basket cold brew and they were sold out of it. Um, And that'll be the last time that I suggest one of my favorites because it hasn't been sold out in over a year when I ordered it. And now all of a sudden it is. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I doubt it was my influence. Who knows why the fuck it sold out. So the Instacart worker gave me, you know how, did you ever use Instacart before? They will replace the item for you. And if you're paying attention, you could text, they'll text it to you. But some of the workers just switch the item. So for that one, she didn't write to me like, hey, I don't see the cold brew. I almost suspect that like, did you look hard enough? Because who was buying it besides me? But you know what? Other people probably figured out that it is really good and it's way cheaper. So where Starbucks can be up to like $7 for the dark roast, the bowl and basket cold brew is only like $4 and it's a huge bottle. Anyway, I mix that with the leftover espresso, so I'm a little bit too, (laughs) can you already tell I'm a little bit too hyper? It's very strong. I almost like don't want to finish it and save it for later in case I crash. And I have um, vintage seltzer. That's the other thing. Like I have, anyway, I have seltzer, (laughs) bowl and basket original. And then I have a second uh, bottle of the vintage seltzer lemon flavor. Don't get the lemon flavor. Maybe it's good in cocktails, but when you drink it alone, it tastes awful. It tastes like I'm drinking cleaner. So that's what I have over here. I should really be drinking water. Um. Anyway, how are you guys? I wanted to ask you, are you guys into astrology? Hmm. I'm hoping that you are. I am. I know that for some people, they don't like it. I don't know. Everyone I know is kind of into it. Or just a little bit curious about it. Um, And I recently learned, (laughs) this might be true for some of you guys as well, so go ahead and check, that I'm coming out of my Saturn return and the younger girls are going into their Saturn return because I'm 31, I'll be 32 in July. So I was born in 91. So if you were born in 91, I think you are coming out of your Saturn return as well. And I want to talk about it. Maybe not in this episode because we have a lot to do, but I want to talk about it. So let me know if you're into astrology. Go ahead and send me a message on Instagram. If you don't follow our Instagram, it's at my big sisters podcast on Instagram. We're also on TikTok and YouTube on the Instagram account is where I kind of check in and get um, poll information ask you what you want to hear about and just more personal updates just relating to the podcast because on my personal page is where I'm an influencer 
and I'll post personal stuff about myself. Not really. Like, I kind of don't post that much personal stuff. But, you know, like beauty stuff, links, and just things I suggest or tutorials, whatever. But the podcast page is where we, like, get into the stuff that we discuss here. So go over there and let me know. If you're into astrology, if you knew about the Saturn return because I didn't know about it, um, what your thoughts on it are, or are you going into your Saturn return? Because <laughs> I really want to talk about this. I think it starts tomorrow. The Saturn Saturn goes into Pisces tomorrow, and then all those young girls, they're entering their Saturn return. I'm just kidding. It should be good. I, it's not a bad thing. It's kind of like a retrograde. That's how I would describe it. It's like going through Mercury retrograde, but on, on a longer scale. <laughs> But for three years instead of a couple of weeks. Um, so I kind of want to do a, an astrology episode. I might record again this week just to get, just to be up to date. So let me know soon. Um, okay, let's get into hot topics and then we'll get into friendships. I did a few polls. I took a few submissions about what you guys think are deal breakers in a friendship and things like that. But let's start with hot topics because we have a lot going on. And I will talk about the Vanderpump. Vanderpump. Is the show Vanderpump Rules? Okay, before we do that, are you on TikTok? I told you when we started this podcast to get on TikTok. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, I don't like that fucking app and blah, blah, blah. Listen to me. <laughs> Once you get on it, you will understand what the hype is about. I know that they're trying to ban it right now and that it will definitely be banned for government workers because of the way that TikTok will take information. Let me just say, I don't know if I've said this already, so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But I need to say it again and solidify that I'm saying it again because when this comes out, you're gonna send me a message and be like, oh my God, bitch, you were right. I'm telling you right now, I think TikTok has mind reading capabilities. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> like, girl, stop smoking weed. I know. I know. I know. I know it sounds crazy. I know. I know. But listen to me. I will think about something. I will think about something that I never Googled because I don't, I Google everything, but not the stuff that will stress me out because I don't want it in my algorithm. And I've spoken about that a million times. There's words I won't say. There's things I won't talk about just because I need to make sure my mental health is first. <laughs> um, so anyway, I will think about something, right? I won't text it to anyone. I won't say it out loud. I won't. I've tested this theory. I won't call anyone about it. I won't look it up on a different phone or a different computer. I won't put it on the TV. None of those things, right? So it stays in my brain. I will think about something specific and unique and it will stay in my brain. Tell me why I'll see a fucking video on it on TikTok. I'm telling you right now, it reads minds. I think the technology in TikTok goes further than we know. And I don't give a fuck how crazy I sound. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I think in the future we will figure this out. I'm telling you now, they, they read minds. It's very freaky. Aside from that... <laughs> I don't think, I think TikTok, my opinion on the banning and such, I do have concerns about companies stealing data and I think it's something 
that moved so quickly that it's already out of hand. The way AI and technology is going, it's way beyond we can even grasp. What If you're my age, when we were kids, we had Nextels and we had dial-up internet and it was somewhat controllable. And then we had MySpace and MySpace is where I think it started to get like homepage in MySpace where we would like figure out coding. Bitch, I used to know how to code and I'm sure you guys did too. I used to know how to fucking code websites and shit. I coded my shit so good. I wish I could find a picture. If I can, I will post it and show you. But anyway, that's when it was somewhat controllable. But even then it was like starting to get out of hand and then it spiraled from there. So when our parents were growing up, when their parents were growing up, things did not move quite as quick as it does now. So when you feel like, oh my God, overwhelmed by things, it's true because our parents and their parents and their parents, their stuff did not move as quickly as ours moves. Things upgrade every day. It changes by the second. We, we've now reached the point of no turning back. And I feel like TikTok is a part of that. It's one little piece of it, but I feel like, okay, you can ban it, but what do you think that's going to do? People are going to use VPNs, use it anyway, and other apps will just turn up. I think what makes TikTok unique that they that they want to ban it is what I was just talking about. I think there's extra technology in it. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not going to go there. But there has to be something extremely specific about TikTok in general beyond data usage. Beyond data usage. I don't think it's as simple as that. And I'm not trying to like invent a conspiracy theory because, you know, I'm not like a fan of that shit. But there's something extra going on because just use common sense. Like it doesn't make sense. There's so many fucking social media apps. They take TikTok down. There'll just be another one. There'll just be something similar. Instagram copied TikTok. There's reels on Instagram. And then TikTok stole carousel posting. It's like, it's just a social media app. What the fuck is the difference? I'm telling you there's something extra. And if it get, gets banned, there'll just be something else. So what are you going to keep doing? Banning every fucking social media site? Like, it doesn't make sense. You might as well take them all down if that's the case. So I think there's something extra. <laughs> there's something weird with TikTok. I also think it's gone too far. Like, what is banning it going to do? At this point, you might as well embrace these AI changes and research as much as you can instead of resisting it, because I think resisting it will not work in your favor. I think embracing it and just trying to get as much knowledge on it as possible is probably the safest route just because there is no turning back. Like I know a lot of people are really uncomfortable with the thought that AI can take over it already is. We're not, we're at, we've passed the point of no return. There's no going back. It'll never be that simple again. It's never going to slow down. I think the best way to ease your anxieties about it is to learn and embrace it and get savvy with it. And that way you're not blindsided by anything. So I just wanted to include that because I know the TikTok ban is coming up and I think you should make an account and I think you should get involved just to see like what's going on because I do believe in, um, what's that saying? Oh my God, what's the phrase when it's like, not delusional. Oh, ignorance is bliss. 
I believe ignorance is bliss. I do. But I think with stuff like this, there's no turning back and we kind of, you have to know about it. You have to learn about it. So anyway, make a TikTok and then look up Octopus Lover 8. I know the name sounds crazy. I found his account last week. I meant to talk about it on the last episode too, because I think I'm one of his first, not his first followers. He already had like 50,000 by the time I found him. Bitch, I was roll, I was gagging laughing. I couldn't even fucking breathe. So, you know, I smoke weed at night to go to sleep and I'll scroll funny stuff just, just to try to like shut off my mind and, and things like that because I don't really sleep too well. I was high as fuck and I found his account and he does, I don't know how to explain it well, but he basically does history parodies where he interprets major moments in history, <laughs> but they really aren't. He doesn't interpret them accurately. He does them from his sense of humor. And I think it's so fucking funny. But at first I was, I was, oh my God, I was holding my laugh because I didn't want to wake my boyfriend up. I was laughing so loud and I was trying to hold it in. (laughs) And then in the morning I was like, he he couldn't have been that funny. Like, let me go back and watch it now, bitch. He is that funny. And now he's fully blown up since last week. He went from like 50,000 to a million today. I don't know what he's up to now, but please watch these videos because I think it's unique. It's something I haven't seen before and it is so funny. I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. And he also had his tagline is like tense up because I guess he loves little octopus and his merch has little cartoon octopus on it. It's very cute. Okay, let's get into the real hot topics. I know you're fucking seething to talk about. Um, Selena and the Beavers. We will talk about Vanderpump, but I want to quickly go over Selena and the Beavers. <laughs> so apparently the feud between them is not over. This shit is so petty, but obviously it went viral because people are really obsessed with Justin Bieber, Hailey Bieber, and Selena Gomez and the love triangle that they were. I thought this expired a long time ago. And even when this was coming up again, I was thinking to myself, why? Well, like, who gives a fuck? But I never paid attention to the timeline. This was my big takeaway. Justin married Haley six months after him and Selena broke up. That part is where I'm like, damn. (laughs) So obviously they were hooking up the whole time. I have an inside source. Okay, so between us, now don't run to Dumois about this. I didn't even talk to Dumois about this. This is something I know from a very long time ago. A long time ago. And this is kind of relevant to to today because we are going to talk about friendships. A long time. I don't know if she listens to my podcast. (laughs) If she does, she's going to text me and be like, bitch, shut the fuck up. You're never going to guess who it is. Anyway, I had a friend a long time ago who, can I, what can I say? I don't think you'll ever trace it back, but just to keep anonymity, let's just say she was in the Bieber camp around 2014-ish, 2015-ish, where Haley, when she was still a Baldwin, because Haley Bieber is Haley Baldwin and she is Stephen Baldwin's daughter. So she's a nepotism baby. She's a Baldwin. Um, And she found herself in the camp as well because she was a huge Justin Bieber fan. Well, my friend was in the camp at that time, not as a super fan, as um, hmm, she was just in the industry and 
she became friends with the people in the camp, like Justin and his friends and whatever, right? And she would tell me, she would tell me like him and, no, him and Haley are just best friends. He really cares about her. Like she would relay some of these stories without being tacky about it. I'm not saying she ran to me and was like, oh my God, Justin did this, 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 and this. No. The reason she was even in the camp is because she's very cool and she's not annoying as fuck. And she's not like selling stories to tabloids. She's chill. So she's around a a lot of celebrities because she's very cool that way. She's she's not very impressed with celebrities. She's not like a name dropper. She's chill. But as her close friend, obviously she's going to tell me things, you know, because you're going to gossip with your close friends and just talk about what you did last night. Anyway, I can confirm Haley's been around a long fucking time, okay? She's been around a long time. She definitely worked her way into Justin Bieber's camp. She, camp meaning like his group, like the people who ran his tour, his friends, because he became friends with the people he works with. That's what I mean by camp. Not an actual like fucking cult camp or anything like that. Haley's been around and she's loved him for a long time. Who knows if it's obsession, love, who fucking knows? But she's been around a long time. So when I'm seeing all these videos come up about how she is basically copying Selena on purpose or worried about Selena, I kind of believe that because she's, Haley was the other girl the whole time while Selena was the main chick. And then he ended up marrying Haley. But to me, it feels like, I think it's like marrying your rebound. So I could see some of the fascination with how this happened because I didn't know that. So I wasn't, I didn't like care. So my friend would tell me this stuff, but I'm not, I wasn't like, oh my God, my friend hangs out with Justin Bieber. Like I didn't really care. So there's some of this stuff that I'm learning for the first time. Like I didn't know he married Haley six months later, bitch. It sounds like he married the rebound. Okay. Which men do, by the way. And it sounds like, it sounds like him and Selena, it sounds like they all have a lot of healing to do. Although Selena seems like she is trying to heal and they're the ones that are broken and kind of like dragging her into shit. So I don't blame her for deleting. I think she deleted her TikTok. I don't blame her because it's like, hello, this happened years ago now she's probably like, shut the fuck up already. And it probably also feels like from a professional point, are you guys dragging me into this to get your name in the press? Because she's been all over working, doing rare beauty things. Like she's been hustling and now they're dragging her into this drama. I think it was really cool that she deleted her TikTok because to me, it's, it's looked like I'm not doing this for press. I'm not doing this because I need to. I don't want to be involved with this shit. And I think she was also showing they're doing this for press. Like Haley's doing this for press so she can get her name out there for her own businesses because I'm pretty sure Rare Beauty is blowing road skin out of the park. The other thing is skincare is hard to sell. Something might look very successful to you from Instagram and what you see, but it doesn't mean that it is. Like when things sell out, it could sometimes they fake sellouts. Like you can have product and put 50, 50, like you can have 50 items of one lip gloss and you know 52 people are going to purchase it. So now you could be like, oh my God, we sold out. Wait for the restock. (laughs) I think, and just from being in the industry and being a consultant for so long, something I learned, which I didn't know, 
is skincare doesn't really do that well. The skincare brands that do really well are the ones that are around for a long time because people like immediate results. So a lot of the products that do well provide immediate results like lip masks, lip gloss, lip balms. It provides an immediate result. A lot of products that sit on the surface of your skin, like glow products, that they'll say like, oh, hyaluronic acid glow primer, that does so well because you will see a gloss over your skin, which will even out some of those little bits of fine lines. It'll even out a skin tone and it's an immediate result. But will it actually do anything for your skin? No. The products that will do stuff for your skin do not work overnight. And that's why skincare doesn't sell as well. I think road skin is not doing well. And I think Rare Beauty is. And I think this was Haley's way of trying to get her name back in the press. Um, as far as her and Justin, I know there's rumors of them like not doing well. Listen to me. Do you think they're doing well? He's a fucking Pisces. He's rude as fuck in the media. <laughs> he has his own battles. They're probably not doing well. They also got married very young. Like it's incredibly hard, especially as celebrities. And I think that's why she is trying to make her own name in the business now to maybe have her own stuff in case they don't work out because I can imagine being with him is not fun. So that's what I think about the Biebers and Selena. Okay, Vanderpump. Now, I don't watch the show. I don't know. Recently, I'm not really into, uh, what is it called? Reality TV. Even the Kardashians got so boring to me. Um, I do love content that's like fluff content, like what we talk about here. I do love that kind of stuff, but I find that it's not as interesting to me anymore. Like I've watched, I think one season of Vanderpump, but I've watched like reruns. I don't think I've ever been like, oh, I'm up to season three. Like I want to catch up. No, I've never been like a Bravo fan. Housewives, Vanderpump, those kind of shows don't do it for me. I feel like I notice when it's bullshit and I feel like they over dramatize things that aren't really that dramatic. So I might just be very desensitized to dramatic things. I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday. I I'm very desensitized and it's hard for me to match people's shock or match people's excitement. And it could be because I've been through a lot of challenges or it could just be my personality. I really don't know, (laughs) but I find that these shows are so over-dramatized that it's like hard for me to really take it in. I just find it stupid. Like they'll be so dramatic about something and I'm watching it like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is so stupid. So anyway, that's why I've never been into it. I do know some stuff. Some of the housewife storylines I do find very interesting. Like um, Erica Jane, her storyline is crazy to me. Jen Shaw's storyline, the... Judith, is that how you say the last name? Teresa Judice, Judice. I don't know how to say her last name, but you know who I'm talking about. Her and Joe was not shocking to me. So many construction companies on the East Coast are like that. It's just whether or not they get caught. So that wasn't shocking to me. But Jen Shaw and Erica Jane, those storylines, I was like, holy shit. And I don't watch Housewives, but my mom does. So when she's here, she'll have it on. And you literally can't go on social media without seeing something about Bravo. So I'm not big into Vanderpump, but I am aware of what 
went on. And and then, of course, for the podcast, I caught myself up because I realized it would be a big thing when my friend texted me about it and was like, oh, my God, do you watch Vanderpump? And then I voice noted her and I was like, no, because I like find them very boring. But this storyline between Tom, Ariana and Raquel, I got myself caught up, seems to be going fucking viral. So from what I know, so if you watch the show, you'll already know what I'm talking about. If you don't watch the show, well, I guess we'll learn about this together. Vanderpump Rules is a show that takes place in Beverly Hills. I think I've been there, though. So I've been to Beverly Hills a few times. And one of the times I went out, where is it, in Hollywood or something? Wherever this location is. And we went there. It was very, like, it was pretty inside, but there was nobody there. Maybe we were there on an off night. I went with an old friend of mine. And, um, yeah, it was pretty. Like, I didn't see anybody. If I did, I didn't notice. I don't know. So I know a little bit. So I know that they have locations. It's Lisa Vanderpump who has locations in L.A. And she has a spinoff show called Vanderpump Rules. And the, you know, the cast members date and cause drama, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So there's a cast member, Tom, who's with Ariana. And Tom and Ariana were very close with the girl, Raquel. And then I guess recently, I don't know how they found out. I should have, I should have gathered that, but I was too focused on the friendship part of this episode. So I guess Ariana found out that Tom and Raquel have been sleeping together the for months now. Supposedly since December and beyond just sleeping together and lying to Ariana Tom and Raquel even wear matching fucking necklaces of lightning bolts (laughs) that's the part where I was like what like okay so when my friend voice on voice on me about this I was like yeah I saw the TikToks I saw on social media first of all it's very confusing when people call him Sandoval I thought it was two different people at one point. Like, pick a name and stick to it, because we're trying to catch up with the storyline. Which one is it? So Tom is Sandoval. I don't know why. I guess on the show, they call him by a different name. But Tom is Sandoval, okay? So if you were confused, I was too. But that's that's who it is. Tom is Sandoval. Tom was with Ariana, I guess, for a while. They were in love, blah, blah, blah. Friends with Raquel. Tom and Raquel have been sleeping together the whole time. And apparently nobody knew. Here's what I said to my friend. One, this is not shocking. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I say it when I talk to friends and stuff. And whenever cheating comes up, I talk about this. Oh, hold on. I'm getting like a call. I have to figure out how to turn off. Whenever I get a call on my phone, it goes to my laptop. I have to figure out how to like disconnect that. Um. Okay, anyway. I always say this when my friend brings up, when any friend, any friend in general brings up cheating or like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I always remind them, first of all, read books, okay? Because then you'll get more, um, you'll have more of an understanding of things. Proximity and duration builds relationships. When someone is cheating, right? When someone is cheating, sure, it could be someone fucking random. But when someone is consistently cheating, like fell in love with someone else, it's usually someone you know 
or someone they work with because proximity and duration builds relationships, okay? So if they're working with someone all the time, if it's a fucking neighbor they talk to all the time, if it's a friend of yours that you have around all the time, it builds relationships, like being around someone often. That's why a lot of people fall in love at work. Like they'll meet their partner at school. That's that's how these people fall in love. When you know of a couple who has been together a long time or high school sweethearts or someone who cheated with a coworker and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. No, no, no. Yes, you can. Because that's how relationships are formed. And when jobs have like a no dating policy, they only have a no dating policy because it happens so often. You're likely to link up with someone you work with versus going out and trying to date. You're likely to link up with someone you see at the gym every day, you see at school every day, you see in your friend group all the time. This is this is how these things happen. So to me, this was not shocking. Obviously, if he was cheating, he's going to cheat with someone that they fucking know because they're all together all the time, right? Like if you, ha- I'm not saying it's all relationships, but if you have a friend that's around you guys all the time, there's a higher chance that it's going to be with them versus a fucking stranger because of proximity and duration. You're building a rapport for them. Like it builds up a rapport. They feel more comfortable. And something that has you fall for some someone e- more easily is being comfortable, feeling safe, learning about their little quirks, the pressure is off. That's the thing. Like when you're dating, it feels like a lot of pressure and like you put on your best face and you, you know, you play the game a little bit. But when you fall in love by accident, it's usually because you're around them being completely genuine because you didn't even think of them in a romantic way. And now you're learning about each other outside of romance and you feel comfortable and then you notice you feel happy around them. Your endorphins go up when they're around you and you're laughing together. That's when it escalates. So this to me was not shocking whatsoever. I think it was fucking appalling how they're low-key wearing matching necklaces. (laughs) But that too, it's like, I've talked about this. Where did I talk about this? I think we talked about this on an earlier episode where I told you guys that some people like the secret. They like, they get off on having a secret mostly men. Men men like to cheat. I'm not saying all of them, but the reason why it's so it's so common, they like it. They love knowing they got off on someone. They got away with something. They love having a little secret. That's why it's so common. So the necklace thing also to me, I don't think it was like signaling to each other because I read that they would wear the necklace. There's tons of blind items sent in about this on Dumois and they're just being posted everywhere. So apparently they wore the necklaces to signal to each other that we love each other, but we can't be together. Like that type of fucking fake romance shit. Uh, They could call that whatever you want. They could try to spin it in some romantic way, whatever they want to, however they want to. To me, I think that's Tom's way of being fucking manipulative and weird because this is what men do. Freaky little fucking shit because they get off on having a secret. I guarantee that it really has nothing to do with love. I bet he's just one of the, like men could be so sociopathic, like so fucking weird and creepy. Like they like the little secret keeping 
And the argument is always, why not just be single? Like, just fucking break up if you want to be single. No, no, no. They don't. They like having the secret. They love it. It's like a fantasy in their head. They love having their girlfriend, their wife, whatever, their partner, and having a little thing on the side. The other blind I read was, it wasn't just Raquel. There was also somebody else, I guess, named Julie or Julia, allegedly. This was a blind item posted that... um, he allegedly admit to hooking up with someone else named Julia that he was leading on. And her friend, I think, DM'd him and was like, you better fuck, you're a fucking piece of shit. That's crazy how you've been cheating with Raquel when really you were also hooking up with my friend. And then Tom replied and was like, I know I have to send her an apology as well. Now, we don't know if that's true or fake. That's what I'm saying allegedly. Like, I don't know. It looked like a real DM to me. So, and I bet there's more. I bet it's not just Raquel. I don't know how the fuck he has the time, but as men do, they find the time. Who fucking knows? What I wanted to point out was, don't you believe for a second that nobody knew? They did fucking know. I bet people at Bravo knew, but this makes for very good TV. You think the producers didn't know? They're going to tell you they didn't know. Andy's going to say he didn't know. I think they fucking knew. Give me a break. These two... You got cameras and microphones all over everybody. They got matching necklaces on. You mean to tell me that these two were getting away with it and nobody knew? While there's cameras and microphones and producers and I'm sure meetings and phone calls and they didn't know. And now all of these blinds are coming up from Dumois. So if you don't follow Dumois on Instagram, she will post, she doesn't post any like home wrecking information. She only reposts blinds from like, after it comes out, but she doesn't out anyone's relationships or cheating because I don't know why she just doesn't. Now that it's out, now she's posting the blinds that fans will would see Tom and Raquel out without Ariana. So this has been going on a long time. And you mean to tell me nobody at Bravo knew? They fucking knew. They fucking knew. And I'm surprised that Ariana's not trying to quit the fucking show and doing a big fuck you interview, but they probably have her like in a crazy contract because Bravo is extremely successful now and they can afford really, really binding contracts that will prohibit her from quitting the show. She probably has to continue with episodes, even though I'm sure she's really hurt. I don't know how she didn't know though, because like you're wearing a matching fucking necklace. Some people are a little too lax though, because why are you hanging out with this girl while I'm not there? I don't believe in that. And we're going to get into friendships, but I don't believe in that. I'm sorry. No, I think, I think there are rare scenarios where you can have a friend of the opposite sex and, you know, it really depends on sexuality and blah, blah, blah. And maybe I'm still too close-minded, even though I do consider myself open-minded, but I think it's really not possible for men and women to be friends in that way, especially a man who is identifying as a straight man. And maybe that's just because of my experience. And maybe you guys are like, bitch, I have a straight guy friend. Well, I've no, (laughs) I just don't. I just don't think it goes like that because of the men. I think women are capable of doing it, but I think the men aren't because I think they're usually more sexually charged. I just think they're not capable. And if they were hanging out, how did Ariana not know that they were hanging out together alone? And why the fuck are you two hanging out together alone? 
Like that right there. And you don't notice they were wearing a magic fucking necklace. There's pictures of it now. And maybe she was just too busy because I know that's a thing too. Like who the fuck has time to to keep tabs on their partner? But I don't know. Wouldn't you know where the fuck they are? At the, at the bare minimum, like you know where your partner is. You know where they are. You guys work together. You film together. You, you, you're, you're together. You, I'm, I don't know if they live together, but they film together. They're together all the time. You don't know where the fuck he is. And when he's like, oh, I'm going here with Raquel. What do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? What are you talking about? Right there, I would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? You two are hanging out. Are you, you think I'm stupid? Right there, relationship over. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You two are going to do what? It's just like not appropriate. And I'm sure there's scenarios or maybe you're even in one where you're like, no, we can all hang out. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. So that's the drama about Vanderpump Rules. I don't know if I find it extremely interesting. I just feel like it's very typical. But because Bravo has their hands in it, they know the way to dramatize things and get it out there to promote the show. And good for them. They're very good at it. But this is very typical. People don't cheat with strangers all the time. They're more likely to cheat with someone they know. A friend, a family, like not their family member, like incestual, like your family members. (laughs) Like they're more likely to cheat with someone at work, someone they see all the time, somebody at the gym. Like that's how that goes because that's where you meet people. So to me, it wasn't that like this is what this is what the fuck happens. What do you think happens? Anyway, let's get into friendships. Okay, now when it comes to French, hold on, can I take a sip? Hold on a second. Can we manifest for a second? This would be where I would put an ad read, bitch. <laughs> um, I can't wait to be signed. I don't know. Someone asked me recently, they were like, oh, that's sick. Like, who's going to sign you? And I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> no idea. I'm delusional, baby. I'm fucking delusional. I just believe. And I have no backing to that. The only thing I can promise is I definitely give things 100%. So when I am signed, I'm going to kill it. You know, I have ideas ready. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be signed. I just don't know how to get from A to B. And I'm trying. Hold on, I need seltzer too. I took a sip of my um, iced coffee, but I feel like it makes my mouth dry. It's probably all the cinnamon. Do you put cinnamon in your coffee? I'm obsessed with cinnamon. I have to put it in my coffee. Hot, cold, I'll drink cinnamon water. Yeah, I know, but I just love it. But I feel like it can make my mouth a little dry. Okay, so when it comes to friendships, I didn't know where to begin, but I knew I wanted to talk about it because I just learned so much. And I don't know if I'm a good friend. And I know in the past, I definitely was not. So I'm not coming from a place of like, I know better than you. I am the best friend you can have. No, I'm, t- I'm coming from a place of like, I was a shitty friend, babe. Okay, so let this be a cautionary tale. And it's definitely not from a place of like, I know better. I know all things. Girl power, girl. But no. And that's one of my fears. I hope this fucking podcast doesn't sound like a girl bossy fucking podcast. This is really like, I fucked up. (laughs) Don't do this type of type of podcast. And that's really why I wanted to talk about it, because I spent the last 
few, I would say two to three years. Uh, my mom's calling me. Hold on. Mom? Mom? Hi. Hi, I'm recording. Can I call you back? Oh, of Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, all right, I love you. I love you. All right, bye. So I spent the last two to three years really dissecting, revisiting, ruminating, beating myself up about friendships that I've had in the past and how I acted and what I did wrong. Um, I'm definitely, is the word introspective? I'm definitely the type that will take accountability first and continue to replay it. And I don't know, you know, maybe that's a trauma response thing. I don't fucking know. But I definitely look for what did, where did I, what did I do? Like, this is probably something I did. Let me replay it. And I also don't do well in the moment while I'm overwhelmed with things. I'm a slow, I'm slow to, what's that word? Slow to realize. What's the word, babe? You know it. Delayed reaction. I have delayed reactions. And then I will constantly replay it, right? So I, I've spent, I'm not ashamed to say, I've spent the last three years replaying, <laughs> which was, which has been painful, as you can guess. And I know for sure that some things are inevitable, especially with friendships. People grow, grow apart, blah, blah, blah. But I definitely, you know, made mistakes that I wish I hadn't. And I've said this to you guys before. I believe in having regrets. I don't think having regrets is like, people like dramatize that. Relax. Go for your dreams. Go for what you want to do. You don't want to regret anything, right? But it's also normal to have regrets. Like nobody's life is completely comfortable and perfect and nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what the fuck to do at all. So how are you not supposed to have regrets? You are supposed to have them. It's a part of life. It's okay to have regrets. Okay, normalize having regrets. Not a big fucking deal. So I definitely have them, but I'm comfortable having them. You know, it's part of life. Um, do I forgive myself? Mm, I think I'm almost there. I think I'm almost there. How narcissistic. I'm asking myself a question so I can answer it. Ugh, embarrassing. <laughs> Um, I almost forgive myself, I think, because I've thought about it long enough and I figured out a lot of things. So anyway, I've, wa I've wanted to talk about this. And then as I was trying to figure out a format of how do you talk about friendships? Like, what is there to say? <laughs> what is there to say? It's nothing that anyone is an expert at. It's something that occurs naturally and falls apart naturally. It's just part of everyone's life. And I feel like it's a bigger part than we even make it. Like, I would argue that friendships are more important than marriage and relationships and romantic relationships and sometimes even family. It's such a huge part of who we are, who we become, who we were, and our happiness. There's literally studies show that women who have friends like a girl group of friends are significantly happier than women who are alone or just in a marriage or don't have many friends. 
And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And maybe you feel that way. So I didn't even know where to begin. Like, where the fuck do we begin talking about this? So I figured, let's start with signs that you're a bad friend. Because I would know. Because I was a bad fucking friend. And also, I, I wouldn't call myself a bad friend today because I learned from the experience. I wasn't going to let that experience go in vain and not learn from it and be stubborn and be like, well, I didn't do anything. Fuck her. Like that type of thing. No, Uh, no, 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 no. I don't feel that way. I feel like there was things I needed to change, things I needed to learn and bring it into new friendships and be a better friend. So I think today I am a better friend but I'm definitely more low maintenance and we'll get into like high maintenance, low maintenance, whatever. But I think today I am a better friend. I think in the past I wasn't Um, because I think it is something you should learn from it. I think it's something that really should be prioritized. And I wish I knew that earlier. I really took it for granted. I really didn't realize how important friends are over a lot of other things. And people use the phrase like, oh, it's all about who you know. Okay, the nuance of that is it's about who your friends are. Like, And the nuance of you are the five people that you're around has to do with friendships. All of these things have to do with friendships. Business, networking, it all has to do with friendships. And I think there's a way to prioritize it and be a good friend without being an opportunist and without being fake. Um, I used to believe certain things were like a fake friend. (laughs) And now I look at it like, no, I think in friendships, you have to have a lot of duality and you have to have a lot of discernment and you have to have a lot of patience. And sometimes that could portray as being fake, but really it's trying to keep connections while also staying true to yourself. And how do you do that? I believe in loyalty too. Like I... You know, okay, anyway. So I asked questions on Instagram, of course, like what are some signs that you're a bad friend? And what, and I also, and I also asked, um, what did I, oh, and I said, if you have any major like friend breakups that you want me to read and, and give my opinion on, let me know and I will. Okay, so let's read. There's only a couple. So I'll start with those. I'm not going to say names. Don't worry. Oh my God, sorry, I had a cough. <laughs> I think it's all the cinnamon in my throat. Hold on. <laughs> I got to switch to like tea with honey or something. Okay. I had someone stop being friends with me because I didn't check in on them when their dog died, which is awful. But in my defense, she never told me about her dog, just posted that he had passed on Facebook. I never saw the post, so I didn't know. And when we hung out after that, I asked how she was, and she never said anything about it. And I said, so she assumed you knew and you had no idea? She said, yes, I really had no idea. That was the first I was hearing about it, but she didn't want to hear it. She was already done with me. I said, maybe you can reach out again and explain, listen, 
I know that a, a dog passing is like losing a family member. I'm so sorry. I really had no idea. I wish she would have texted me. So I knew you can always come to me. And she was like, no, this was in 2014. It's dead and gone now. And I was like, bitch, it's dead and gone for her, not you, because you're still thinking about it. And I would be too. Like that would fucking kill me. But this type of thing is what we're going to talk about. So the friend posted it on Facebook and assumed that everyone saw it and read it. You Okay, we got to talk about expectations. You have to voice what you expect. And I found in a lot of friendships, and I just find with people in general, that they talk in code <laughs> or just expect things and believe like, well, you should already know or you should have done it. No, people don't know and they don't read your code and they don't pick up on silent treatment. You can't expect that. Whatever you want, you have to communicate clearly. And if you don't, you don't get ups- you don't get to be upset. I mean, you can be upset, obviously, but it doesn't seem as valid if you aren't the one to communicate what you wanted. Now, if you communicated what you wanted and it was ignored anyway, that's different. But in this situation, it sounds like she was already done with you and needed a good excuse with love because that's harsh to say, but that's what I think the next submission. I'd love to hear your opinion about friend groups. I usually get left out and they meet spontaneously or on the second option. It sucks. Well, it sounds like it sounds like what it is. You're the second option. For whatever reason, they don't prefer you immediately. I don't know many details. I don't know why, but usually things are as simple as it sounds. And we give people excuses because it makes it easier for us to hear it and deal with it but the truth is they don't they're not interested like just like romantic relationships they're just not interested the way they are in other people they don't have a good time hanging out with you they'd rather somebody else but then when they feel bad sometimes people keep relationships around because of years and how long you know each other and really the friendship should end because they just they don't appreciate you that way That's what it sounds like to me. I think friend groups can get very complex. Um, Was I in a friend group? I've never been in a friend group, but I've always been like in a trio. And I find that no matter what, in a fucking trio, somebody gets left out and it gets very dicey. But I also find that has to do with younger people. Because if I was in some type of trio today, I think I would handle that with a lot of grace versus the way I handled it when I was in my teens and in my 20s. But now as a grown woman, like at 31, almost 32, I'm not going to handle it like that. I'm not going to be petty and I'm not going to leave anyone out. I think I would be way more considerate, way more mature about it. And even in friend groups, I think that I think that a lot of these things have to do with age and maturity. However, you could be in your 30s and still act that way, which I know that still happens. People will be grown, married, and with kids and still act very immature with their friend groups or their friend trio or just with their friends in general. But it really has to do with maturity. Some people are stuck in high school, truly stuck in high school. Their brain does not grow out of the high school mentality when it comes to friendships. It just doesn't. They still act like they did in high school. They still gossip like they did in high school. It is so off-putting in my opinion. It is so 
That's my deal breaker, by the way. I also asked you guys, what is your friendship deal breaker? And I wrote, I think mine is uncommon. I don't know if it is now after reading everybody's. But in summary, if you act like you're in fucking high school with me, deal breaker. Because I'm not one of those people. I want to forget high school (laughs) as much as possible. I'm not one of those people that is still there. High school was not my fucking prime. It was miserable for me. That is so not where my head is. And I'm also a low maintenance friend. So if someone is acting like a little high school girl dealing with their friendships and it's just not for me. It's not for me. I feel like at some point you have to grasp that we're all adults now and you can't act like that. But people still do. And I think that's a lot of the demise with friendships. I also did a poll and asked, are you in a friend group? 34% of you said yes, which a friend group is three or more people. 12% of you said you're in a trio, so it's only the three of you. Another 12% said no, but you want to be. Same. I would love to be in a friend group now. (laughs) And 41% of you, which is the biggest percentage here, said no, and I don't like to be. I would love to hear why... um, it pro- you're probably traumatized. I do think friendships can be traumatized. I'm definitely traumatized. I am traumatized, bitch. I have a very hard time being close to anyone now. I'm extremely guarded, but I think I'm just guarded in general. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that has to do with just friendships. And no one did me wrong where I feel guarded. I was the one that did wrong, but it doesn't mean that I didn't hurt myself in the process. You could traumatize yourself. I traumatized myself. I hurt myself in the process. (laughs) I would love to be in a friend group now. It seems like it's so much fun. And I think I would handle it really well just because I learned a lot. But I can understand how people are like, fuck that. I don't want to be in a fucking friend group. Speaking on friendship styles. I've said this before a million times. I'm a low maintenance friend. You do not need to text me. You don't need to apologize if you didn't read my text. I could send you 40 fucking voice notes. Then I go about my day. And if you don't respond, if you don't respond for three days, I'm not going to notice. And I'm not going to notice in a way that I don't care. I'm not going to notice because at this point, there's just way too many things going on where I'm not thinking, oh, they're fucked up for not responding to me. I don't think that way. I assume you have shit going on. You have your whole life. Your priority is not me. We'll get to it when we get to it. That's what a friend is. A friend isn't there to hold you like to standards and and hold you accountable and and you know, make sure you're checking in. Absolutely not. That's where it starts. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but that's where it starts to bleed into you're getting confused between what's a romantic relationship and what is a friendship. In my opinion, a friendship is you should care about it and you should treat your friends with respect and you should be there for them if you can. But I do not think the constant communication, treating your friendships like a relationship, I don't think that's healthy. And it's very normalized, okay? It's very, very normalized. But I think it gets confused with romantic things too quickly. 
Um, and I think that's where a lot of the jealousy comes in. And I think that's where a lot of disappointment comes in. I think friends who don't realize that they're treating their friendships like relationships are often the ones who are disappointed and frustrated and hurt because they're putting way too much on a friendship. Your friends are definitely people that you should have around in your life, that you should share fun experiences with, and you can vent to and you can confide in and they should be people you trust. However, they don't have many responsibilities to you. And maybe you didn't think about it like that before. But when you expect a response when you text them, when you expect certain things for your birthday, when you expect, when you're like constantly like checking in and and expecting replies, you're bleeding into trying to make it a relationship. And I'm telling you that from like experience, not from a judgment standpoint. That's how really that's how friendships fail. When you start making it a little too complex, a little bit you're meshing it a little bit too much. It's really important to have healthy boundaries with your friendships because that's how they will be able to sustain the test of time. Don't make it don't be too much, basically. Low maintenance friendships are even less than that. <laughs> I feel like I'm more low maintenance. Well, I don't have a close, close friend anymore. I don't have a best friend anymore. Besides like my mom. But I don't have a best friend. Um, So I don't really have anything to gauge it on. But I, even with the friends I have right now, I'm extremely low maintenance. I don't even think about it. I don't even, like none of it bothers me. If I don't get a text or anything, don't care. I'm not going to notice. But not in a rude way. Just in, you know, I don't take it personally. I no longer take it personally. (laughs) I don't hold it to a standard. And I also know my boundaries. Like I'm not these people's very best friend. There is nothing I need to expect. And even as a friend, they don't owe me anything. That's the thing. Nobody owes you shit. Nobody owes you shit and you gotta, you have to learn that in the friendships if you want them to be successful and it's something that I learned a little bit too late. (laughs) Nobody owes you shit. And I also think that high maintenance friendships can get a little bit too judgy and I think it requires a little bit too much. I know there's a lot of... um, conversation about hold your friend accountable and I don't really think that's true and again you might be saying like but you don't have no fucking best friend how would you know I know well I'm telling you because I failed at it (laughs) I'm telling you from a learning I failed at a lot of friendships I'm telling you from a learning standpoint of I used to be a high maintenance friend I used to be judgmental I used to be too passionate I used to expect too much and um, that's pr- that probably caused the demise. And um, looking back, I'm almost embarrassed of my behaviors. Not almost, I am. I'm, I'm embarrassed of the way I behaved about certain things. I'm ashamed of the way I behaved. I'm definitely remorseful. And um, I think if I would have had better boundaries... It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have fallen apart. 
because I also believe that when you lose friendships, it's heartbreaking, if not more heartbreaking than romantic relationships. And I think there's a sweet spot between low maintenance and high maintenance. And I think anything higher than high maintenance is... Mm. <laughs> so anyway, I'll read you the poll. So 0% of you said you're high maintenance. 87% said you're low maintenance. And one of you sent me a message that I thought was tr very true. And it said, in your 30s, you have to be low maintenance, which I agree. Now, part of the reason I'm low maintenance now too, which is what I wanted to include, is... Okay, I always describe it like there's there's a pre-25-year-old's me and then an after. <laughs> because when I was 25 is when I was really sick. And being really sick, which I wanted to do an episode on, I think I'm ready to do it, I don't know, but everything that getting sick had taught me. Prior to that, I was so self-involved that I didn't even see... I didn't even know I was, right? And then after that, I had so much on my plate and still do, just so much on my plate. And that's when I learned like, oh, like people can't show up the way you want them to all the time because they can barely show up for themselves. So when your friends have kids, marriage, own a house, or even live on their own, or have a car, or a full-time job, when they have adult responsibilities like literally live it basically think of it like if if your friend is on their own meaning no one is helping them pay their bills they live by themselves or they live with their partner they don't have help from parents they have a car they have all think about the your to-do list right now think about it what do you wake up and have to do think about the bills you have to pay you know the date that they're due you probably have it written in your notes or you just like know it by heart by now. You know when you have to food shop. You know the day of the week that you have to deep clean your apartment or your house. You know that if you own a house with some land, you got to start preparing for the fucking bugs that come in the spring. You have all these, like I'm talking about things you don't realize you have to do until you move out on your own and you're doing it by yourself. So you have this laundry list of shit to do and then add on kids. Some people have kids. Add on a relationship. Add on all, and then add on an illness that requires tons of doctor's appointments, treatments, uh, dealing with insurance in between that, trying to get the approvals for these things. I've always said fucking having an illness is like having a part-time job on top of having a full-time job. The fucking phone calls that take all day, you're on hold, leaving messages, callbacks, missing the phone call, getting approvals, faxing it this way, emailing it this way. It's just insane and stressful. Think about that laundry list, right? And then think about the laundry list when you lived at home and how much easier it was because you weren't responsible for cleaning the baseboards. You weren't responsible for paying all the bills. You weren't responsible for making sure the fucking landscaping's done, making sure the gutters are cleaned, making sure... I don't even fuck. Oh my God, there's so many things. And now, once you're in your 30s, most of the time, not all the time, and this is not a comparison. It Everyone hits their marks when they hit their marks. It doesn't really matter. The point is, once your list gets bigger, it is so hard to show up in the ways that you used to when you were in high school. Because when you were in high school, most people, unless they were like into sports and stuff, most people, their responsibilities were doing their homework, taking the test, and having their friendships. 
And when you become an adult, your priorities completely change. So once my laundry list got bigger because I was living alone, paying all my own bills, handling everything by myself, trying to make these doctor's appointments, my laundry list grew exponentially. Like I just didn't even have time to think. I couldn't do any of it. My social media slowed down. I just couldn't handle it all at once. So it gave me the perspective of holy shit. Like I was assuming these friends were supposed to be doing A, B, and C and texting me and asking me to do this. Why aren't they texting me back? Ah, now that's when I realized like, oh, because they're fucking busy. Like my stupid little text message is not important. I'm important to them. And when something happens to me and if I really need them, I'm sure they will answer and I'm sure they will be there for me. But my dumb little, do you think this dress looks good? What are you wearing Friday? Is fucking irrelevant in comparison to them hustling, getting shit done, worrying about their future, worrying about how they're going to make their bills, worrying about their family, taking care of this, trying to do this, trying to fucking hustle to their dreams, trying to survive. Like my text is low on that totem pole. And prior... I didn't think that way. I was thinking like, oh my God, ew, fake. Why did she text me back? (laughs) Heck, she doesn't want to hang out with me. Like dumb shit. And then when you have the reality check of people have a lot of shit going on and you're looking at it from the perspective. I was looking at things from the perspective in my self-involved fucking brain, not in the perspective of people have their own shit going on. I am not their world. I'm only my world. And then they have their world. And when we have time, we'll get to hang out and have a glass of wine, have a martini and shoot the shit and catch up. But on the meantime, you got to be chill. (laughs) You got to be fucking chill and realize that your friends who live alone or take care of themselves or have their own shit going on just really don't have the space to meet you where you're at right now. You got to be a little bit more low maintenance and realize you'll get together when you get together. You'll get there and you'll catch up. And if they need you, that's when you make the time and you move things around to make the space. But aside from that, the little things where like when you were in high school and it was a little bit easier, that doesn't really happen anymore because other things need to come before that on top of just having personal mental space. Just having personal days, like where you just want to be yourself. You don't want to be a friend to anyone. You don't want to be anyone's girlfriend. You don't want to be anyone's wife. You don't want to be anyone's partner. You don't want to be anyone's mom. You just need a day to be yourself. You're allowed that too. So now where does where do these friendships take place when you have all this on your plate? That's why you got to be a little bit more low maintenance. I'm all for being low maintenance. I think you could be really close with someone and be a best friend, but also be really, really understanding. And I think it's a hard transition to make because you're so used to the way you and your friend are, like from being really young to going into adulthood, that when it starts to change, it gets really uncomfortable and it doesn't feel very good. But you have to remind yourself to not take it personal because that's the biggest issue. A lot of people, one of my friendships fell out because she was taking something, this one I'm not feeling very remorseful on, but she was taking something personal that wasn't personal. Like it was, I just felt, I felt insane that I even needed to explain this. Like I, I was like, what? Like, hold on. 
you real do you realize what I'm dealing with or are you just like it doesn't matter in your head because you're self-involved and you're not looking at it that way you're looking at it from your fucking perspective but I wasn't going to be like insulting and say like okay you're extremely fucking selfish I just left it alone and was like you we're not in the same place <laughs> you're not you're not if you didn't get it at this big age because this was not a 25 this was older than that if you didn't get it at that big age you're not you're just not going to get it this is who you are that's your personality And some people can accommodate very high maintenance friendships and some people prefer it. But I think that um, most of the time, once you reach a certain age, like your 30s, it's just not possible. It's just not. It's you can't hang out like you did unless you're fucking rich as fuck. <laughs> just and you don't have to work and you don't have to hustle and you don't have to worry and everything's on auto pay and you have housekeepers and you oh, your family's good. That's different. Usually the privileged and the people who have wealthy parents are able to provide more to their friendships versus the people who don't. Did you ever notice that? Anyway, let's get into What's the, oh, do you, I had a question. Do you mix your friend groups? Because this was something that always hurt my feelings. Now, like I said, I don't take it personal now because it's more so someone else's problem. But I do think it's a reflection of how someone feels about you. Personally, I always mixed friend groups. Whenever I went somewhere, I would bring my best friend. And I, this is disrespectful. I don't recommend it, but I wouldn't even ask. I'm thinking like you invite me to a party. I'm bringing my fucking friend. What's the problem? Like the more the merrier. That's how you meet people. Like what is the big deal? But I learned people do not like to do that. And sometimes you won't get invited to things because people don't like to mix their friend groups. In my case, I would take it. I don't know if I still do, but I take it really personal. It's like, you don't want me around those people. And why? Like, are you embarrassed of my personality? Like, what do you think is going to (laughs) happen? Because adults like... We're not in high school. Like, nothing is going to happen. Everyone's going to be polite. And if they talk shit later, they talk shit later. But everyone's going to be polite. Like, what do you think is going to go down? But then in some cases, people just have, you know, they don't like to mix it. So 35% of you said, yes, it's nice to have everyone together, which I agree. 43%, which is the most, said no, all separate. All separate. You keep all your friend groups separate. When it comes to work, that I agree with because if your friends are fucking out of hand, you probably don't want them around. <laughs> you probably don't want them around your family and your work people. But as far as like friend groups just outside of work and family, I don't understand it, but I also don't need to understand it. And I respect that other people just don't have the capacity to do that. Someone messaged me and said, I don't mix friend groups because they speak different languages. That I understand because what are you going to do? Translate the whole time. 4% said, I don't have different groups. Same. I don't have different groups anymore. (laughs) 18% said, I used to, but now I don't. So I'm guessing like bad experiences happened. I would mix friend groups. Um, But again, I think that's also coming from maturity because what the fuck is going to happen? Like, we're not kids. Like, no one's doing anything crazy at this point. Okay, let's get into signs that you're a bad friend. I'm going to read what you guys sent in and let you know if I agree. You text them only when it's convenient for you. Um, Like I said, this is... I don't agree with you, babe. I think that's the way it goes. Like, yeah, you text when it's convenient. 
because otherwise I'm working, I'm busy, I'm taking care of share, <laughs> look at me taking it personal. Um, no one attacks me about this anymore, so I don't really take it personal. But do you know what I mean? Like your friends are busy. They got shit going on. So that's the whole point of convenience. Like if I have a minute to text you, I will. You start to not include her when you're going out with the girls. Yeah, that is a bad friend. I think like if you're purposely leaving someone out, you're probably at a place where you just shouldn't be friends with them anyway. Like if you're having a birthday thing, this is a reason I... Um, this is one of my deal breakers, not getting invited to birthday stuff. That to me is like really fucking offensive because like, what, <laughs> like what to birthday? Like, why am I not invited? But I also realize that there's circumstances, you know, I obviously don't say, I'm not like going to start a fucking argument, but there are cir- circumstances where, um, you can't have everyone or whatever the case may be, but. Yeah, if you're purposely leaving a friend out of like girly friend group stuff, there's a reason you don't want them there. Like, why are you still friends with them anyway? Next one, when you take everything personal, I agree. I think taking everything personal comes from a very selfish and self-absorbed place. You got to realize not everything is about you. Like if they're not texting you, if you haven't heard from them, chances are it's not you. Chances are they have their own fucking shit going on. I do this all the time. There are so many times I don't text back and it has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with, I got shit going on, babe. Like, I don't have time to get into this right now. (laughs) Like, I just don't, I just don't have time to get into this. I don't have time to show up as a friend at the moment. I'll text you when I text you, but when people take every single thing personal, I've had friends take, old friends, take my absence very personal, but meanwhile, I was sick as hell. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't, take all of that personal and be that self-absorbed. If someone is going through something and you don't hear from them, probably it's probably more about them than you. And by you taking it personal, you are the bad friend. Underhanded compliments, mentally unloading, give unsolicited advice. Um, Underhanded compliments is very fucking shady. I agree. Mentally unloading, I feel like we're start I feel like with friendships we start to get into moral policing. And you have to understand that when someone loves you and they trust you, they're going to vent to you about stuff. We're only recently learning how to have some boundaries with like, hey, do you mind if I vent to you about this? That's very recent. But it's natural that when you trust and you love someone to call them, be like, you won't fucking believe this. Uh-uh, and then start going off and unloading. That's a human trait, babe. Like, I agree that it can get very draining when all they do is complain. But it's also like, it's not really about me. It's about they love and trust me. They they are coming. To, they're telling me because they love and trust me. So I kind of like it could get annoying, of course. And that's when you could be like, babe, you're always complaining like give me a break today. I don't have time today. But to be like policing it, like, oh my God, they're always unloading on me. Yeah, because you're their fucking friends. <laughs> they love you. They can't wait to talk to you. They When something happens in their head, they're like, oh my God, I got to call. I got to call her and tell her like, they love you. Not everything needs to be set with boundaries. Like people don't go to therapy. People don't know these things yet. You can't, sometimes we hold our friends to a higher expectation than we hold even romantic partners. I think that's what happens a lot too. Like the expectations of a friendship are so fucking high sometimes that that's where you come into issues of not having any or you're just judging your friends all the time. 
And what's the other one? Unsolicited advice. Sometimes that could be, I get that. Like, I get how that could be really fucking annoying, but it's like, okay, what were you talking about? Because in a normal, people forget like the way normal conversations go, like how humans interact. If you're talking to someone and you're like, this happened, this happened, this happened. Oh my God, I'm so stressed about this. And the person you're talking to might have an answer and might be like, oh, I went through that. This is what helped me. Maybe you didn't ask for the help, but they're thinking to themselves like, oh, I don't I don't even want you to suffer. Here's how I solved it. You should try this. Some t- that could be labeled as unsolicited advice, but you got to think about it from, they're coming from a good place. And I know, I hate hearing that too. They're coming from a good place. That doesn't always apply. But you'll know when it applies. You'll know when it applies. You know when you're nitpicking your friends and you know when it applies of like, she's coming from a good place. She wants me to feel better. And I know a lot of us don't do well with taking advice. I've noticed this in my lifetime. It's not always unsolicited. Yes, yeah, unsolicited technically, but it usually comes from love. It usually comes from places of like, oh, I've been through that. I solved it by doing this and I feel so much better. They want you to feel better. They want you to navigate your way out of it. It's not always like, it's not like when men give us advice, they're just giving us advice because they think they're always right. <laughs> women give you advice because they're thinking to themselves and they're trying to help you because they love you. Obviously, it's not always going to have that tone, but you know how to read the room and stuff. I just want to offer a different perspective. When you literally turn every situation into your own, one-upping negatively or positive. Yeah, when you make everything about yourself, oof, you're a pain in the ass. (laughs) You're a bad friend at that point. Um, this could be turned around. It's not detrimental. It's not a deal breaker. These are just bad friend things. They're not deal breakers, by the way. I agree. That can get fucking annoying. Someone wrote, I can go on all day. We're traumatized. Low key calling out your friends on their insecurities in a room, in a, in front of a room. Oh, in front of a room of people. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> That's a deal breaker to me. You're calling my shit out in front of people. What do you want here? You want me to go to jail? Like, <laughs> that is so upsetting. If someone did that to you, I'm sorry. Giving mixed signals on your expectations for your friendships. This is what I was talking about. Expecting too much, not saying what you're looking for, but just expecting it and then being annoyed when it doesn't happen. That's insane. Like, I don't know where that probably comes from someone emotionally abusing them as they grew up but like transferring that into friendships is never going to play out well you are always going to be disappointed you're a trio and you're constantly leaving out the third friend yes yes that's really mean I mean like I said I was in a trio and I didn't do a good job looking back I wish I did do better I wish you know but what, what can we do hindsight is twenty twenty. I have to agree. It's very hurtful. It's purposely leaving someone out. But at the same time, I think there's a way to go about things without hurting someone. I think that it's okay to hang out with just each other sometimes and not all three of you because three people in a room can get draining, like talking of each other, blah, blah. But I think there's ways to go about it. Like, hey, we like, you know, we like this movie. Um, We're going to go see it. Do you mind, like, if if we just go? I know you don't really like that movie. And that's when you have the opportunity to be like, no, I really did want to see it. Do you mind if I come? 
or also having understanding that like, maybe they don't want me all around all the time. That's normal. The more chill you are about it, the more you'll probably be included. It's when it gets too emotional and too charged that it gets like, oh, fuck, I don't want to deal with this shit right now. <laughs> Just be fucking chill. I think that's, I, I think there's ways to handle a trio, but I do think it can get very hurtful when you're purposely leaving someone out or like lying about it or being shady. It gets hurtful and juvenile. You change the subject when they're clearly venting about someone, something. Yes, that's rude as fuck. If someone's opening up to you and you're like not paying attention, changing the subjects, bringing it back to you. Oh, fuck. That's so fucking annoying. (laughs) Hold on. There's so many. The silent treatment. That's wild. Your friend is not your boyfriend. And silent treatment in general, I do not co-sign. I don't, I do not subscribe to that. You're not going to silent treatment me. That doesn't work for me. And if you think it's going to work, it's not. Because I'll, you, you'll never get what you're looking for. Silent treatment, passive aggressive, speaking code, all of those things. Absolutely not. Your friend is not your boyfriend. Don't do that. You have something to say, say, you need space, say that. But a full silent treatment, childish. Get mad at me for being a low maintenance friend. Oh, I've been a victim of this. Um, People really, you know, if they're high maintenance or if they don't realize that they're looking at you like a boyfriend and not a friend, they're good. People get mad and they don't like that you're low maintenance. They don't like that you're not like checking in. Like, I'm, that's not me. And you don't need to do that with me either. And I'm also going to take it weird. Like, checking in on what? <laughs> checking in on what? Like, checking in on what? What are you talking about? The low maintenance. Like, you could, if you have something to say, like, oh, my God, bitch, uh, I, I got to tell you about this, blah, 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 and we can get into a conversation. But just regular, like, what are you doing? No. But people don't like that. They take offense to it, especially if they're high maintenance. You never disagree with your friends. You only agree with them on everything. I use, okay, listen, I can get into this because I used to think that. I used to think your real friend is going to tell you the truth and not just agree with you. Now I feel, okay, I agree. I think being truthful in your friendship is way more beneficial. I think when you love someone and you actually care, you don't want them outside looking dumb. So you're going to tell them the truth, right? But I think there's de- there's a way to deliver that. And I think people can show you without showing you that there's certain boundaries that you shouldn't cross with them and always being super honest, unsolicited, and almost rude about it is going to get you nowhere. That's not helpful. If they're looking for your honest take, there's a way to deliver that. But if they're telling you something like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this, and I, I was thinking about going to esthetician school, I was thinking about doing this, and you're out here like, don't do that. That's such a fucking waste of money. You're not being honest. You're being a bitch. You're just being rude. It's not helpful. If your honesty is not going to be helpful and delivered in a helpful way, and it also wasn't requested, there's really no reason to just like put it out there and purposely try to like make someone feel bad about what they're thinking. You can express your honesty when it's requested and when it's the space to do so. 
And you can also listen to, you might not agree with your friend's choices, but it's really not your business. Your friends are your friends, but they're not your responsibility. They're not your partner. Their decisions don't always affect you. So if it doesn't affect you, why do you care? You have to ask yourself that. Why do, you, why do I care? What are my boundaries in this friendship? Why do I give a fuck that they want to buy this car? <laughs> they want to move or they want to buy, they want to go get highlights. Why do you care? They want to get married. Why do you care? How does that affect you? Unless they're moving away and you're going to be heartbroken or like unless it unless they're being a drug addict and they're stealing money from you, why do you care? They're just expressing something to you. It's not your place. So maybe you don't agree, but is, is your opinion going to be helpful? No. Because if they get highlights, it's not going to change your life. You might not like that idea, but it's really not. You don't get highlights then. You could say, okay, I can't wait to see how it turns out. You always got to remember, what does it have to do with me? So that one, I don't know if I agree with, because I don't think you need to be honest in every situation. <laughs> Backhanded hot comments of congrats, oh, but clearly they're jealous and not happy for your success. I feel like this happens a lot in, tw- in your 20s. Uh, this happens so often in your 20s because it's human nature to be competitive with people close to you. And it's so fucking hard to accept like, oh my God, they're moving faster than I am. (laughs) They're doing things quicker than me. (laughs) And it's hard to, oh, it's painful, right? Like that, that low creeping jealousy that comes in like, oh my God, she got engaged before me. Yeah, congrats. I get it. I know. And I know this is something that happens. I don't know if I've experienced this because... Like, what the fuck do I, I don't know if I did or if I didn't. I If I did, I didn't really notice. But um, I know that this happens and I hear about this all the time. I actually get a lot of DMs about you guys struggling with your friendships and she was being shady after I, after I announced that I got engaged. Listen, people are self-involved and they're competitive and they're jealous by nature And until they're settled with themselves, until they have some self-confidence, until they have, until they're more sure of who they are and what they want and how they're going to get there and realize that we're all on a different journey. That's so cliche, right? But it's true. Like we're all on a different path. You can't compare. Like people don't learn that for a long time. Comparison is the thief of joy and friendships because until you realize it doesn't matter that your friend is getting married before you. It really doesn't fucking matter. It, re- it feels like it does, but what competition are you creating in your head? None. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if your friend got a better job. It doesn't matter if your friend got a better apartment. It doesn't matter. Eventually, you'll get to where you need to go. Your journey is not their journey. We all have different shit going on. So comparing it is helpful to no one. It just causes like a weird vibe in your friendships. And to be on the receiving end of that is so fucking heartbreaking. It is the worst. Oh, no, I have been on the receiving end. Okay, okay. I must have blocked it out from trauma. Yes. To be on the receiving end of your friend being fucking weird about an accomplishment after, not after, just in general. I've, okay, I can't believe I said I've never experienced this. Yes, the fuck I have. I've experienced that to such a degree where now in my life, 
I don't say, hold on my fucking computer. I don't say anything. I'm so used to not saying a thing where if something new does happen, I always say, oh, same shit. Nothing new. You know, when you see people and you're like, so what's going on? What's new? I literally say nothing. Even after we bought this house and I moved in, someone asked me, so what's new? What's going on? I was literally like, oh, nothing. And then someone else standing there was like, didn't you just buy a house? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so used to keeping things private because of the way I was treated and treated prior. It really caused a divide. It really made me uncomfortable. And it really broke my heart because I'm coming, I came from a place of never having anything nice. Never, not, I don't want to say that. I've had nice things. It depends on how you look at stuff. But I never, I've had to work so hard from like 17 years old, which is really not, that's not that young. I still do have a lot of privilege. I get it. But I started working at 17 and I had to hustle nonstop for a very long time. So when it started paying off and I started getting things and I'm I'm recovered, I'm out of the hospital, I'm feeling better. And then a friend would be weird about the good things I have in my life. It would break my heart because it felt like you saw me suffer. You watched me cry. You watched me go broke. You watched me struggle. You watched me work my fucking ass off. You watched me not sleep. And now I'm doing good and you are weird? Like, why? Can't you see how much I worked to get here? Like, I feel like we should both be happy. But it didn't really have to do with me. It had to do with their own self-reflection. So even me taking that personal was like, I looking back on it, I feel like that was wrong because it's really not about you. It's about where they are. And I think giving grace to the situation could help keep that friendship. I used to believe like, fuck them. Like, you can't stay friends with them. I don't think that's true. I think that especially when you're young in your 20s, give it a little bit of grace and have some understanding because you might be surpassing them and they might know how you struggled and you're finally getting something good or just in general, like maybe you don't struggle. Maybe you always had help, but still you're getting to where you want to go and your friend is not like jumping for fucking joy. You got to look at it like, okay, they're dealing with stuff on their inside. They're, they're in more pain than I am witnessing this. Like they, they're being weird to me and that's heartbreaking, but in their head, they're miserable. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. Being miserable is a terrible feeling. We've all been there. It's an awful feeling. It's hard to wake up in the morning. It's hard to be excited. It's hard to be happy for anyone. Nobody wants to be that. But that's where they are. If someone can't be happy for you, that's where they are. I would say now, give that grace, be understanding. And it may take a little bit and maybe you don't want to, and maybe you're stubborn, but I think it's really important as a friend to be like, okay, like I get it. I'm here. They're not that happy. They don't need to, I don't need you to clap for me. You will when you, you'll see when they get to where they want to be, they will be happy for you. But in your twenties, it is so complex and so many of your friends are broke and so many of your friends are not where they want to be. It's hard for them to be happy for you. It's like, did you ever hear the yacht theory like, or the vacation theory? You don't want to be the richest one in your friend group because you don't want to go on vacation alone. That's boring. You want your friends to be successful so you can all go away together. And it is so true. If you're the only one successful, you're going to be doing all those things by yourself. You're not going to have anyone to share it with unless you pay for them. Do you always want to pay for them? Not really. 
But if they're successful, you're successful, your friend is successful, your whole friend group is successful, you plan a vacation, you can all go to the resort together and have such a good time. You want your friends to be successful. So if they're not happy and they can't be happy for you in the moment, just cheer them on and give them their the encouragement and be the adult and be the more mature one and say, listen, I get it. I was where you are. Whatever I can do to help, I'm your friend. I want to be here to help you. You'll get there. You'll get there. Like you're not alone. I don't even want to be up here by myself. I don't want to be lonely at the top. Nobody wants that. I want you to be successful too. I think that you have that in you. I know it's so hard in the beginning. Like it's so off-putting. Like I'm happy. Why can't she just be fucking happy for me? Your friend is miserable. It's okay to give them love instead of taking it personal. It's okay to be like, no, this is my friend. I, I'm not happy that she's miserable. I want her to be happy too. I want her to have this apartment too. I want her to have... um a great partner. I want her to have the kids that she wants to have. I want I want to go on vacation together. I want to buy homes next to each other. I want to go shopping together. I don't want to be the only one doing it and rubbing it in their face. You can offer a little grace. Normalize normalize being kind when you don't want to be all the time. It doesn't mean getting steamrolled and getting bullied. Obviously there's limitations and boundaries. But if you know your friend's a good person, but they're not in the best situation right now, offer some love to it and be patient. Because when they get where they're going, I'm sure their tone will change. I've experienced this as well. That in the beginning, it would be rocky. And then later, things evened out and everybody got along and there was no weird vibes. Okay, another... You're a bad friend if don't support your friend's business. Ooh, that is so true, bitch. When I started social media and the only people liking and commenting on my posts were strangers. Oh, I took that so personal. Luckily, I also had a best friend at the time who supported me 100%. But this is a very real thing. Like if your friend does makeup, but you go to a different makeup artist. Oh, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> if your friend does hair now hair is different I feel like I'm just I'm just joking by the way because I almost feel like no like don't cut your friend's hair because if you fuck it up it's gonna be so awkward I feel like you could have better communication on things but if your friend has a business where they're selling stuff and you don't buy one come on because you can go to Starbucks you're going to Target you're going to these big fucking companies to spend money and your friend is a small business and you're not giving anything to that, that's a little bit fucked up. You could support your friend's business. Now, when it comes to services, I feel like you could be like, bitch, I'm scared for you to do my makeup because if I don't like it, well, are, are we going to be weird? Like, maybe you shouldn't. Like, I'm scared for you to cut my hair because if you, if you don't do it the way I like it, are things going to get weird? Like, I don't want to be weird with you. I love you. And then, you know, just be honest and vulnerable. And I'm sure they'll just understand like, yeah, true, bitch. Like, I don't want you, I don't want to fuck up your hair and then we're not friends. Like, oh my God. So there's ways to go about it, but I agree. I think you should like support your friend's business. <laughs> you have to. At the very least post, you know, shared on your story. Like, hey, my friend just started doing makeup. My friend opened their own uh, hair studio. My friend, I, I only think hair and makeup because that's um what's on my brain right now, but if they sell te- anything, my friends on a clothing line, like share it, talk about it, mention their name in rooms where it comes up. Like if you, 
for an example, I went to an event recently and I brought my friend because she does celebrity hair. So I thought like, oh, this is a beauty brand. Like I should bring her with me. What if there's other people she can network with that you could support in ways that don't actually require money as well? Or if you're not like a social media person, you could find ways to support that don't include social media or include spending money. Just saying like, oh, my friend does that. My friend does hair. Here's her contact. Um, I'm going to ask her. I'll, t- I'll ask her if you could text her. She does hair so well. It's things like that. Like, oh, my friend does makeup. Here's her Instagram. Look, she does it so nice. You should book her. That's how you friend- you support your friend's business. Um, okay. Friendship deal breakers, which is all the same thing. Like liars, only hang out when you need something, when they refuse to s- defend you or stand up for you. It's all the typical shit. Now I'm just like, you know, redundant at this point. This one is what I was talking about earlier. Treats the friendship like a marriage. Hence why I'm low maintenance. I have to agree. This is something that truly traumatized me. Um, I, I don't like that. I don't like to have expectations on me that are too high. I don't like responsibility. I do if, if, if I'm only responsible for myself and obviously share, but like, like I said, share changed me prior to that. I didn't want no responsibility. It's why I don't want to be a parent. Like I don't want to be responsible for you and your feelings. I can only manage my own feelings. So unless you communicate things well, and also don't put that expectation on me. A lot of girl friendships start treating each other like they're married, codependent, in a relationship. And it's a lot. You could traumatize your friend by doing that because it's too much. A friendship, obviously some can be close, but it doesn't require everything. And I have to agree with that. It's it's also why I'm very low maintenance because I know I'm not going to provide all of that. So I'm also not going to expect all of that. And what was I going to end this with? Oh, so I told you a little bit. Did I, was it a little bit or did I talk about it a lot? I don't know. I lost a friendship that was very dear to me. And when I first lost the friendship, I think I was in a really hurt place where I I was going through so many things at once. It wasn't just the friendship that I lost. I was going through stuff with family. I was going through stuff with my health and my career. It wasn't just the friendship, but I think because it was all at once and I was so overwhelmed and exhausted, like mentally, my mental health was just not in a good place. And all of these things were happening at once. So I was going through shit with a family member. I was going through shit with my mental health. I was going through shit with my job. I was going through, and then I was going through shit with my friend. And I think that I manifested all of those things, not manifested. I think I expressed my emotion of all of those things, but labeled it as just because of the friendship. So when it first ended, I probably said things I don't mean and I was angry about it. And I was, I was like, fuck her. I'm annoyed. That's not how I felt. I was overwhelmed with grief and I think I had like such a defense up that I didn't process it and I didn't, I wasn't being truthful, honestly, because me saying I was angry or annoyed or like whatever, or blaming it on her, that wasn't truthful of me. 
the truth was I took things out on her that wasn't necessarily her fault. And I was avoiding talking about the real issues because I was just in so much pain, honestly. It was the epitome of hurt people, hurt people. Like I was in so much pain in my heart that I think being angry was the best that I can do and the best I can give it. And then as I processed it since then, because I think this was 2019, close to 2020 though, like the end of 2019, as I processed it and and dissected it and on un, un, what's unpacked it with a friend of mine over and over again, I realize now that I handled the end of that friendship poorly. There were decisions I could have made better. And I just looking back at the end, because this was a long friendship, just looking back at the friendship as a whole, I think that I took a lot of stuff for granted that I wish I didn't. I was very self-involved, very victim, complex-ish, and immature, basically. Just, just I just handled it like a fucking teenager. I didn't handle it like an adult. If I were to redo that now, because obviously something come up, it didn't come up out of nowhere. It was many things. It was many things that ended the friendship. It wasn't just one fucking thing. It's never just one thing either. It was, it was several things. And I do believe some of it was both of us. I don't think it was just me, but I, I could also say that it was probably my actions causing a reaction, making it seem like it was both of us, but it did start with me. (laughs) I could take full responsibility and I'm laughing about it now because this is years ago at this point. I, this was, like I said, the end of 2019, it's 2023. I'm still hurt about it. I'm only giggling on the podcast because I had a lot of caffeine and I love talking to you guys, but it is something I'm still hurt about. Even with all of the good that I've accomplished in the last three years and getting share and and moving and all of these things and even the podcast. So I was supposed to do the podcast with her. Um, It's something I would talk to her about since we were, I would say like 18. I think I would talk about it all the time. Like, oh, we're going to have a podcast. We're going to have a podcast. (laughs) Anything I planned, I planned with her in my head. Any accomplishment I saw with having her by my side, it just felt like she was my right hand. It felt like, and maybe I was doing the toxic thing where I was looking at it like a relationship and not just a friendship. Maybe I was requiring too much. Um, But it is heartbreaking to be in certain places, like even recording this podcast. There's times where I'll, think about it and I still wish that I wasn't doing it alone even looking at Cher you know there's so many things that I wish I could have shared because this was my best friend for a long time it felt like family it just felt like because you have people close in your life and you have family members that you love but there's something unique about having a close friend And also, when you think about memories, someone asked me recently, like, I want to hear another story time, like, my lady wears a dress. Um, And I said, I'm going to have to be drunk because (laughs) I'm not mentally healthy. (laughs) Because a lot of my memories include this person. And it's almost like 
not that I want to forget it because I'm really grateful that I even have the memories like that. I'm so grateful that even though it's over, I still have those memories. It's still real to me. It's still real. It means it happened. And I have a lot of respect for that space. But talking about it, it's like I said, it's more painful than grieving a lost relationship. It's it's really grief. And I didn't realize how much how much you have to grieve it until I was in the thick of it, until I started, until we started coming out of the pandemic and I was doing more stuff until I got shit. Getting share was like the first time that I was like, holy shit. I was so wrong. I was so cold and so broken and so hardened. I didn't realize I handled that like a fucking asshole. And I did. And there's no excuse, but I think it was just, I was just such a hard, cold person. So I was talking and projecting things that were probably really hurtful and lacked empathy. And getting Cher opened up, opened opened me up again. And it felt like there was blood in my heart. Like I felt like, <laughs> I felt like I was pumping actual blood again. I'm not just like a fucking cold hearted vampire. I started to ruminate and look back at like, holy shit. Like I just, she just, Cher made me so empathetic in a way that I didn't know I was capable because I think it healed stuff in me where I'm able to be vulnerable. I have no choice. She makes me vulnerable. I have no choice. So being vulnerable and regaining that empathy and kind of coming back to who I really am, I look back at everything and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I was probably fucking terrible to deal with. (laughs) I was probably so annoying. Like, no wonder. No fucking wonder, bitch. Like, I can look back and see every area that I went wrong. And it was only since I got shared that I'm looking back and like, oh, fuck, I wish I didn't fuck that up. I wish I handled that better. I wish I could share this with her. I wish she knew share. I wish I could show her all these things. I wish we were doing the podcast together. Now, listen, I know what you're thinking. Well, bitch, reach out. Listen, 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 listen. You think I didn't fucking replay every scenario that there could be? I am a cancer, baby. We romanticize nostalgia all the time. Just because I have these wants and feelings doesn't mean that would be the reality, right? Chances are, if we were to reconnect and be friends again, it would not be the way that it was. The only reason I wanted to talk about friendships is because Sometimes you take it too far and you can't regain people's trust or regain that connection. I didn't do anything where like, she can't fucking trust me. No, no, no. Don't get crazy. I would never. She was a friend I really respected and loved. And I make it sound like I did something terrible. I didn't. I think it was just a combination of annoying, self-involved bullshit that piled up. That just, you know, we didn't vibe as much anymore. And then we just stopped answering each other. But I did not do anything purposely hurtful to her. Like I didn't steal anything. I didn't fucking kiss her boyfriend. It was nothing crazy. And she didn't do anything to me that was heartbreaking and crazy. It was just, I think, a pile of stuff that wasn't getting talked about, that wasn't getting communicated. And the vibes were off. 
and we're probably both avoidant. So I stopped answering. Then I sent an apology and she stopped answering. And that's what it's been ever since. (laughs) We have not spoken. I don't blame her, actually. I did send a text and said a long apology. Um, I don't even know where the text is. I wish I can read it to you, but I don't even know if I would apologize that way today. Like, I think I sent the apology in 2021, but I've changed since then. Like, I've thought about this so deeply and avoided pictures in my camera roll and talked about this with a friend of mine um, over and over again so much, so deeply that I don't even think I would apologize the same way. I think now if I sent an apology, I would say, it literally doesn't matter what you did to me. I, she didn't do anything to me. I can't word this perfectly in the moment. I think I would say something along the lines of, it doesn't really matter what I felt then. I know I should have handled things better and I wish I did and I and I know that I didn't, period. There's nothing else to it. I handled it poorly. I wish I didn't. She definitely deserves, deserved a better friend. She deserved more kindness. She deserved more empathy. She deserved just more because the way I handled it was with a lack of empathy, with coldness. And I was known to be that way. This is not shocking. This is not like just towards her. I've been cold, cold, cold before. A nickname for me in the past was like Griselda Blanco. Just very disassociated, very disconnected. But it was a defense. It's not an excuse, but that's where I was operating from. I was operating from a place of I was so incredibly destroyed. I just, you know, my 20s fucked me up. <laughs> 20, going from 25, how old was I when this happened? 2019, what, like 28? When I turned 25 and everything that happened at that time, I didn't just get sick. There were so many things at once. And maybe I'll tell you about it. But I just went through so much pain that even staying alive was difficult. If my, if Cindy did not come and stay at my apartment with me every weekend and answer the phone every time I called and help walk me out of how hard that chapter was for me, I don't know if I would have made it. So when I did survive it, I was so cold because it was all I could do to keep going. It was all I could do. I could, even when I seemed happy, I probably was, and I definitely respected those moments in a different way, but actually letting my heart love and enjoy something in a real way was just, I wasn't capable of doing it. It was just so hard for me to open up again. So I think I just handled situations where she needed me as a friend and I did not provide that. I didn't, I just didn't give enough empathy. So I think even now I would apologize in a different way. However, I'm not the type to keep pushing people. I sent an apology. It was the best I could offer at 2021. In 2021, she didn't reply. It does say that she read it. Listen, I have respect for that because I know everyone, anytime I tell someone, they're like, why don't you reach out? Why don't you reach out? Why don't you reach out? Listen, you got to respect people's boundaries. If she wanted to re- respond at that time and wanted to be friends, she would have responded at that time. Clearly, she doesn't want to hear from me. I respect that. That's how much I have respect for her. 
she doesn't want to talk to me. She probably doesn't want to hear about me. Or maybe she's completely over it, but just doesn't want to fuck with me. I get it. I get it. I only want what would make her happy. And if that includes never talking to me again, I'm fine with that. That's the price I need to pay for my mistake. I'm okay with that. I I know that at the time that was the best I could do. I know that it was wrong. And I know I would never do that to another person. I would never be that cold. I would never be that closed. I just never, I'm just not going to do that to a person in the future. So that's why I say, I think now I'm definitely a better friend. I'm definitely more patient. I'm definitely more empathetic. And I think deeper than from my own perspective. I'm just kinder all around. Um, But I'm not going to push and poke and be inappropriate and send another fucking text years later because that's a borderline's inappropriate. Like if someone gave you the sign of like, I read this, I didn't respond because I don't want to fucking talk to you. You got to take that, okay? (laughs) That's the price you got to pay. Because I know personally, if there's someone I don't want to speak to and they keep trying to reconnect, then I get pissed off because I set the boundary that I don't want to talk to you and now you keep going. It makes me uncomfortable. So I would never do that to her. I did enough as it is. (laughs) But there are times, like I told you, I'm going through my camera roll. Oof, I had to stop. I haven't done it in over a week because a lot of pictures are her and I. And I don't think I've laughed that hard since we were friends. I don't think I've had that type of experience of feeling like, I'm with someone, well, when I'm with my mom, but my mom's, you know, she doesn't live here. Someone who knows you from young, like I'm talking about before you have boyfriends and stuff. Someone who knows where the bodies are buried. Someone who knows all of your secrets, right? Like there's pictures in my phone and there's stories that only her and I know. There's there's stuff about me only she would know. And it's hard to try to look back and enjoy those memories but you guys don't talk anymore. Like there's so many things that I would be like, oh my God, do you remember this? Or so many things. So it gets a little bit hard. I still grieve it. It was a long friendship. So I think I would grieve it for a long time. It's been a few years now and it's definitely gotten better, but it's definitely something that I feel grief about. It feels like I lost someone, even though thank God she's still alive and well. The other thing is, I don't check. Something I have a very strict rule on is I don't look at people's social media. If I don't talk to them, if I don't like them, or if we clearly have no connection, I do not social media stalk. This is something I'm proud of and something I take very seriously. I also set boundaries of don't bring it up to me. She didn't respond, right? So I sent the apology. She read it and didn't respond. That also tells me I have no business looking at her shit. I have no business knowing about her life. I have no business even having thoughts other than our memories because she set a boundary and I wouldn't want someone that I don't like or I don't want to talk to looking at my shit and fucking talking shit. That would bother me. So I offer that same respect. Even people I don't like that I'm not friends with anymore. I don't look at their stuff. I don't hate watch. I don't look at their stuff. What they do now has nothing to do with me. It's not my business. So don't bring it up to me. Don't talk to me about it. And don't tell me their business because I know you're not going over there and telling them my business. (laughs) I don't like that. So I have no idea how this person's doing. I hope they, I hope she's very happy. 
And I think she deserves it. She was an incredible friend to me. Truly such an incredible friend. And I was so blessed. And I don't even know of other friendships. I don't even know of other people who have a friend that that great. That have such a really well-rounded human being, down to earth, funny, articulate. Like, I don't even know people who have that bond and friendship or someone even on their team. I don't know anyone who has that. So I know now I was truly very lucky at the time. And I appreciate that. And I carry that with me. I carry it with me. It's no hard feelings. Obviously, I wish we were friends. But like I was saying, I don't, you know, I don't know if it would be the same. Like we haven't spoken in so long and so much has changed. So we would have to be, you would have to reshape that friendship. And I don't think it would exist the same. We were likely codependent and friends at that time for a reason. And now we're likely grown. And like I've grown so much since then. I don't even know, you know, so you don't have to tell, oh, you should reach out. No, I think some things are better left where they are. And it's okay to do that and move on. And I'm hoping in the future, I find another friend or, you know, my own sense of joy or feel not really. I mean, I'm not looking to fucking find replacements. That's weird. But I'm hoping in the future, I can laugh like that again, whatever that means, basically. I really do miss having like a little partner in crime, (laughs) but it's okay. You know, I'm hopeful. I think in the future, maybe I will. And again, I hope she's doing, some of you will know who I'm talking about. Don't be fucking weird. If I find out any of you are going over to this person's Instagram and being fucking weird and disrespectful, you're going to get your ass beat. Don't be weird. Don't go lurking. Don't scroll back on my Instagram. We don't have to do all that. Just, you know, if I wanted to say the part, if I wanted to be known, I would say that, but I, you know, let's not make it weird. I'm just sharing my experience. And the, the other reason I'm sharing my experience is because I wanted to be a cautionary tale. Be patient with your friends. You might be in your feelings and feel really hurt, but let me tell you something. You don't get that history back. And I know history does not make up for abuse. We're not talking about abuse. We're not talking about vindictive, manipulative people. We're not, I'm talking about petty shit, little things. I wasn't, we weren't in an unhealthy space where it would have been unhealthy to stay friends. I was, I was cold and hurt and just projecting. Those memories, you don't get back. There's no one who's going to be able to fill that place. There's no one who's, who could time travel with me and share those experiences with me. Those inside jokes who will get me that I haven't been goofy like that since. You don't get that back, okay? So when you're with your friends and you're dealing with things, you have to remember your friend might be in a really hurt position and operating from a hurt space. It is better to try to communicate the best you can and remain around than to lose it completely. Please take my fucking word for it because you do not want to be on a podcast alone wishing things were different. And I have a good life and I'm grateful and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, there are some things you can't replace. There's some things you can't get back. And there's some things you can't, you just can't redo. There are some things where where you will only have the memories left. Be grateful. Handle it with love as much as you can, even when it's tough. 
don't be a cold-hearted fucking bitch loser like me. (laughs) And always wish them well and always, you know, try to be empathetic. Just try. I wish I handled it better and I didn't. And I want you guys to know that because I read a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that you guys sent in. And I probably replied to you and said, try to be patient. Not everything is about you. Taking it personal will get you nowhere. Use love instead of, you know, thinking to yourself, well, we don't need to be fucked. I had all of those fucking thoughts. I blamed it on so many different things. But the truth was I had to hold myself accountable. I took, I take most of the blame. It was probably my fault. Like 98% of it. No, probably not. Probably 100. Like even as I think about it now, I'm like 100% of it was my fault. So just try to be patient. Now, if it comes down to like abuse and manipulation, that's different. Okay, use your head. That's obviously different. Critical thinking skills. But if it's something petty and you're just operating from a place of hurt and you just don't like certain things, it is not going to be worth all of those memories. Okay, but if your ex, but if your friend, your best friend is hanging out with your ex-boyfriend or something, cut them off. (laughs) Cut them off. Your fucking best friend should not be hanging out with your exes. So there's use like critical thinking skills. There's obviously situations where it is not going to be worth the memories, but there will be situations where it is worth the memories. You you could, I bet if I handled it better, we could have gotten past that chapter and still been great friends. I learned from it though. So don't worry. I would never do that stupid shit again. (laughs) I have to go because I have to pee really bad. Um, I hope you like this episode and I hope that you learned from it or took anything from it or if anything, you just felt seen. Maybe you lost a friendship too. Bitch, if you lost a friendship, can you DM me so we can commiserate <laughs> so I don't feel alone? Because I really don't know anyone who did something stupid like myself. I don't. I don't know anybody who is as dumb as me. So if you are, let me know so I don't feel so alone. All right, guys, Um, let me know what you want to talk about next. I love you very much. Thank you for listening. Stay well, and I'll see you next week.